Well, I forgot to mention it uh, just a couple seconds ago, but uh, children are dismissed to Children's Church, um, if you haven't gone yet. Although, by the time you get over there, we'll pretty much be done. Um, and if your kids need a coat, uh, you can run that over to them as well. But uh, I'm not going to take real long today because we have the drill coming up. But the point of a drill is so that when something bad happens, you're not surprised by it. Because if you know that something bad's going to happen, then you can be prepared for when it does. That is why we have insurance, because we're pretty sure that we know that eventually we're going to get sick. So we have insurance so that when something bad does happen, we can pay for it. I keep an extra button-down shirt in my office just in case. You never know when you're going to spill something. You never know when somebody important's going to, you know, come to the office door someday. And I'm just wearing like a Marvel t-shirt, so you got to church it up a little bit and put a button-down shirt on. You know, sometimes I get myself dressed in the dark on Sunday morning, and Bethany gets here, and she's like, uh, and so I have the extra button-down shirt just in case. That's why your mom always tells you, keep an extra pair of underwear in the glove compartment just in case. I don't know anybody that's mom that actually told them that, but that's what I hear. And I I would ask for volunteers if your mom ever said that, but that's more of a connect group question. So so now you have something to look forward in connect group this week. Um, But, you know, we spend so much time and energy and, and money to get prepared for emergencies for when bad things happen. We plan for it so that we're not surprised by it. So it's, it's crazy. It's kind of odd how often Christians seem to be surprised when bad things happen in their life. It's funny how often we're, we're quick to question God when our life gets tough. It's strange how we spend so much time and energy trying to avoid suffering when we know that it's inevitable But then we're surprised by it and we question God when it happens. God, why is this happening? God, why do I feel like this? Why, why, why do I, I don't deserve, why do I deserve this, God? What did I do? God, I didn't think, I didn't think it was going to be this hard. God, it feels like I'm just going from one disaster to the next. Why can't we get a break? And I know plenty of people. In fact, I was just talking to somebody this week that have given up on God because of hard times or because bad things or because they're seeing all this suffering that's happening in the world. It's crazy how much time we spend preparing for, worrying about, making plans for what to do in case of emergency in our everyday life, but then when it comes to our spiritual life, when emergencies come, we're unprepared and surprised. So, that's where we're going today in, as we look at the books of First and Second Peter. In First Peter chapter 4, in verses 12 through 16, Peter says this, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to all the world. So be happy when you're insulted for being a Christian, for then the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. 
If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder or stealing or making trouble or prying into other people's affairs. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. Peter says, don't be surprised. He says, if you're suffering, if, if you're going through trials, be glad. It, it says, in fact, be very glad because it makes you more like Jesus. It makes you partners with Jesus when you're going through trials. It's funny in Christian circles, we, we always talk about what, how we want to be more like Jesus, right? Oh, you know, like, what, what can we do what can I, what, to be more like Jesus? Until it comes to suffering. Then we don't really want to be like Jesus anymore. He says, be very glad when you go through trials. Because then you're identifying with Jesus. Then you're being partners with Jesus. If you want to be like Jesus, you're going to have to suffer. And that's not a fun thing to say. It's not something that I, like, relish. But that's what it says. Peter says, look, if you're insulted if you're made fun of, if you're given a hard time for being a Christian, be happy. And remember who he's talking to here. We, we talked about this a few weeks ago. He's talking to people who have lost the country that they call home because they're a Christian now. They've been displaced. He's talking to people who have lost their community for being a Christian. That, that they can't be part of their Jewish community anymore because they're a Christian. He, he's talking to people who have lost their family because their family doesn't want to have anything to do with them anymore because they're Christians. And I don't know about you, but anyone who's ever been down and depressed, anyone who's ever been in a low, dark place will tell you it's so much worse when you're alone. And that's who he's talking to. They'd lost their country, they'd lost their community, they'd lost their family, and they were displaced. But Peter says, no, be happy when you're suffering, when you're going through trials, being insulted. And he says, but by the way, he just takes a little side note, like, by the way, that doesn't count for being, for like, suffering for doing bad stuff. Like, if you're killing people and you're suffering, if you're stealing, if you're prying into people's affairs that you have no business being in and, and people don't like you for it, eh, that doesn't really count. You kind of earn that one. But, but he says, if you're suffering for the name of Christ, he said, it shows that the Spirit of God is working in your life because people obviously see Jesus in you. That if, if people are making fun of you, if people are giving you a hard time, if you're going through trials because people see Jesus in you, then he said that shows that the Spirit of God is resting on you because you're living like Jesus would. You're doing what Jesus would do. The, the, people, the people of the world see you and say, see the fact that you don't want to live the way they live. That you don't want to be like them, like the world. And so he, he said, if, if you're being made fun of and suffering for that, he said, it's proof that Jesus is in you. And then once again, 
Peter sounds like Jesus. And, and we've said this over and over again in this series, that if you hang around with Jesus for a while, pretty soon you start to sound like Jesus. And Peter hung around Jesus a lot, so it's not surprising that in his letters, Peter says a lot of the things that Jesus said or sounds a lot like Jesus and things he said because Jesus said in John chapter 15 and verses 18 and 19, Jesus said, if the world hates you, keep in mind, it hated me first. And here's, here's where Peter and Jesus sound a lot like. He said, if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you don't belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That's why the world hates you. That if, if you acted like the world, if you live like the world, if you were of the world, if you belong to the world, the world would love you. But if you belong to me and live for me, then the world's gonna hate you. And that's what Peter says. He, he said, if, if you're going through trials, it's proof. If you're being made fun of, if you're giving a hard time, if you're suffering for the name of Jesus, it's because people see Jesus in you. Peter says, if you're suffering as Jesus' follower, don't be surprised by it and don't look at it as a shame. Look at it as a privilege because you've been called by Jesus' name. How often do we look at our, our suffering and our pain and our trials that way? Man, this is a privilege. This is a privilege. I get to suffer. Yay. I get to suffer because I follow Jesus. It's a privilege. It is a privilege for me to be able to go through this fiery trial and have my life torn apart. Yay. How often do we hear that in the church? If people are walking around saying, oh boy, pain, I, I'm, I'm excited about this. Usually we send them away somewhere or we, you know, kind of, Push him off to the side like, oh, that guy's weird. But, but in Acts chapter 5 and verse 41, when the disciples are brought before the religious council, in verse 41 it says that they left the president and they've been, now been beaten for, for spreading the gospel. It says, then they left the presence of the council rejoicing, considering it a privilege that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. It was a privilege. They, they came out of there rejoicing because they had got to suffer for the name of Jesus and they got to be partners with him. And they knew that people were looking at them going, the spirit of God is on these people and we don't like it. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have trouble. You will face trials. You will have to suffer if you live in this world. Because it's a broken world. It's a fallen world. It's a sinful world full of sinful people doing sinful things that God did not design or want for us to live in. Jesus said that you will have trouble. You will. Don't be surprised when you face trials of many kinds. 
Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. The question is, do you have faith to believe that? Do you have faith that even in your trouble, even in your suffering, in whatever your situation is today, whatever trial that you've gone through or going through or will go through, do you have the faith that you can take heart because Jesus has already overcome it? Do you have the faith because Jesus has overcome the world? In 1 Peter chapter 1, in verses 6 and 7, he says, So be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. These trials show that your faith is genuine. That your faith is genuine. He says, if you're struggling today, if you're going through things that you didn't have an emergency plan for, if you're going through difficult times, don't lose faith. Keep trusting Jesus. I know that, that, that your struggles shake your faith. Believe me, I know it. I feel like this whole entire year has just been one big struggle for our family. I get it. Struggles will shake your faith. Suffering will shake your faith. But Peter says, when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world because you've been partners with Jesus, because you've partnered with him in, in suffering. We've been talking about all morning. We, we, we've had this whole day almost centered around trusting Jesus when, when you're going through stuff. And what to do in case of emergency. We're planning for it, praying it never happens. In this world, you'll have trouble. You will face emergencies. Take faith. Hold on to Jesus. Count it a privilege to suffer for the name. Plan for it. Pray it doesn't happen but plan for it. Plan for it. Plan for it spiritually. Be prepared ahead of time. We're doing a drill today. We're planning for it, preparing ahead of time because we know that the odds are someday some kind of emergency situation is gonna happen. Hopefully it's not a terrible emergency, but I mean, we've been here, you know, and had somebody have a seizure or have somebody have some kind of health crisis, we need to be prepared for that. We need to be prepared in case anything bad ever happens. We plan for it. We're prepared for it. We need to plan and prepare for our, uh, things that happen in our life and be prepared for it spiritually. Prepared ahead of time because we know that 
emergencies and suffering and pain is gonna happen in our life. So we need to prepare for it now so that when it happens, we're ready. So be in the word, be in prayer, be close to Jesus. It's the best emergency preparedness that there is. That's how you plan for it. One last quick story before we close. In Mark chapter four, verses 37 to 40, you may have heard this story. If you've been around church very long, you definitely heard this story. But Jesus is on the boat with disciples and this huge storm comes up and, and waves are crashing over and, and everybody's freaking out. And so this is starting at verse 37. It says, high waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion and the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't, don't just care, with the, we're gonna drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the water, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And then he asked him, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? What happened when the storm came? What happened when the emergency came, right? All the disciples suddenly lost their peace. All of a sudden, they're, they're freaking out. They're going, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Jesus, help. And he asked them, he, he comes back to, it's a matter of faith. He says, where's your faith? Peter is trying to teach us in his letters from his experience. He says, there's great joy ahead. Even though you have to endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. Jesus and Peter connect faith to trusting Jesus in the hard times. Don't give up. Because in your storm, whatever you are going through today, Jesus can call down the peace. He can speak to your emergency. He can speak to your trial. He can speak to your suffering and end it with a word. Do you have the faith that he can do that? But even if Jesus doesn't call down the peace right away, even if in this moment, in this season, you feel like you're about to drown in a sea of trouble, and even if Jesus hasn't quieted the storm, keep trusting him. He will not let you drown. Because, check this out, Jesus hadn't said one word to the wind and the waves. He hasn't said one word to calm the seas. But Jesus was still in the same boat as the disciples, in the same storm as the disciples. And Jesus wasn't worried. In fact, Jesus was taking a nap. Because Jesus... He didn't see the situation the same way. 
You saw the trouble. You just didn't see the emergency. He could obviously see the wind and the storm and the boat filling up with water and the crashing. He, he just he saw the trouble. He just didn't see the emergency. Because if you know that you can overcome, it's not an emergency. If I know, without a doubt, that I can overcome, it's not an emergency, just some trouble. We're having a drill today. We know that during this drill, nobody is actually going to be hurt. So, for all of us, not an emergency. It's trouble. I had to go outside. But it's not an emergency. If you know, if you know that you can overcome, it's not an emergency. Jesus said, in this world you have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Today, even if Jesus isn't calling down the peace in your situation right now, even if you're going through this storm and you're going, Jesus, I I'm going to drown here. Jesus is still in the boat with you. And even if Jesus is in the boat with you and you feel like the boat's getting swamped in this, and it's starting to sink and you're going, Jesus, where are you at? What's going on? Why are you taking a nap in the middle of my storm? Jesus doesn't see the emergency because he's already overcome it. Jesus is still in the boat with you. Jesus will be in the boat while you ride out the storm. You may have to suffer for a long time, but Jesus will not get out of that boat. He will stay in the boat with you. But too many times that's when we jump out of the boat. <laughs> that's the only time that being out of the boat's a bad thing. It is when we abandon ship and Jesus is in the ship. When we see the storm and we say, Jesus, why aren't you doing anything? Wah! And just think and just dive into the sea. Jesus will stay in the storm, stay in the boat with you. Jesus will be with you in your storm. Jesus will be with you in your suffering. If you want to be with Jesus, be where Jesus is. And sometimes Jesus is in the suffering. And one day, maybe today, or maybe the day that you move on from this life and go home to be with him, but one day Jesus will call down the peace. But in the meantime, He's in the same boat as you, and he sees the trouble. He just doesn't see the emergency because he's overcome the world. So take heart. Take heart. Let's pray.